everyone. I am Carla Jakubovic, hostess of the Swiss Learning Podcast, and thanks for listening. Swiss Learning represents 16 prestigious schools in Switzerland, and they're experts at finding the right fit for each student. This season, we will showcase our heads of schools to share their stories and insights with you. This morning, we're welcoming Henri Behar, school director at John F. Kennedy International School. Henri, welcome to the show. Hi, Carla. Thank you for welcoming me. And it's really a pleasure to be here with uh, with you and to have a little talk and share a little bit of our experience here at JFK. Henri, why don't we begin by having you share with us a little bit about how you were born and raised. Tell us about how you grew up. Well, it's a little bit uh, the reflection of us, any of an international school in Switzerland. We are all international. I was born in Guatemala but raised in Switzerland. So it is a little bit of a mixture between the Latin American countries and the European Swiss countries. Um, I I went to, inter- to an international school also. I stayed working in my own school, which made me really my second home. I, after and during my studies, went to study architecture, but then kept on the link with my school. And I was literally, literally in my second home. It was really, uh, somewhere where I could find myself very happy. And even the director of that school was my like my second father. Were you a boarder or a daytime student back in your time? Well, that was what it was interesting because I made one year as a boarder, which I saw all the boarding life and I really enjoyed it. And then I became day because my family came to live to Switzerland. But the funny thing is that I kept all my boarding friends and I was more in the boarding house than at home. So it was a mixture. And even the boarding director used to find me in town and he said, oh, you're supposed to be in the house. He said, no, no, I'm a day student now. <laughs> so it was, it was funny. And I like to be able, I was, that I was able to live both lives, I would say, a day and boarding. Nice. So you can relate to both types of students. And he, who was your childhood hero and why? Yeah, well, that's it was a question I I started like thinking uh, where where was my hero? Because I have lots of heroes. I mean, I admire a lot of people. But when I was really reflecting a little bit backwards and I said, well, at the the end, my father was almost one of my heroes. Uh, He my father was uh, born in a very small village in the countryside of Guatemala. And he he made his way through and with his studies because of course when he finished primary school in that little village there was no secondary school so he went to a bigger village and he went to secondary school like that he went up all the way to become a medical doctor and uh, he started practicing but then he was his ambition was kept on going up and he became a uh, he wanted to specialize so he got a scholarship from Guatemala to come to Paris and become a pediatrician. So he specialized in Paris as a pediatrician and went back, but he kept on wanting to be a little bit more. And he got a second scholarship to do a PhD in public health in Harvard. So at the end, for me, he was a real example of ambition and and uh, a lot of, of resilience, I would say, of wanting to become something and achieving it. Sure. And besides your own father, was there a meaningful teacher or mentor who impacted your life? Yeah, I think I have a, a good teacher that I had with a math teacher, which in directly made me like math. You know, I think math is a subject that if you have a good teacher, you like math. If the teacher doesn't really fit on your 
uh, way of working, uh, then you start hating math. And I had a very good teacher, and I still remember Mr. Rathman. Uh, he was in uh, in my school who, who then, may, I mean, I also admired him a lot because he was faster than a calculator. You know, he made us races that in that time we were just uh, discovering the calculators and he would give us three numbers by three numbers. And by the time we typed it in the calculator, he was already standing in the blackboard with the result. Wow. So it was, it was incredible. He was a very, very big and it was so much fun, fun. It, he made math fun. And every time we didn't know, he, he would say, think, think with an M. And <laughs> <laughs> he, how did you end up in education? Hey, it was also a little bit of by accident because I'm an architect. So I, I started working in architecture, but really my first jobs were while I was still in school, I stayed working in the summer camps. So as a, as a student in, in my uh, 11th grade, I stayed working between 11th grade and 12th grade in the camp in the same school I was. And that attached me to the school and worked, I don't know, maybe 15 summer camps, one after the other. After that, that made me really discover the school and get to know the school very well. This is like I said, it was my second home and uh, and my love uh, to work with children at the end. That brought me to the fact that that working with children and working uh, in a school makes you I mean, it makes me happy at least. And like they say, you know, if you work with young children, you stay always young. So <laughs> I am still young. <laughs> you certainly are. How would you describe your leadership style? Yeah, I'm a, I would say this is something, again, it's a, a little bit special for me because I've never felt myself like superior to any of anybody else. And I would say it's more a collaborative uh, system where I am part of the team uh, and all the jobs are the same. I, I am. I do all the jobs. You know, I'm not the one who sits in the office and says, OK, guys, do this, do this. I'm there driving the bus. I'm there uh, taking care of the boarding house. I'm there whatever it has to need, needs the school. And that's what I love because I get into the school and I get to know the, the children. No hierarchy for me is important. Of course, hierarchy is needed at the end to take decisions. But uh, in general, for me, every member of the staff is as important and as needed as anybody else. From maintenance to teachers to the director, everybody is uh, equal. And I think that feeling helps a lot to work with people and that people feel that if the director is uh, putting his hand into the into the school, uh, I can do it also. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all of us who have interacted with you can attest to, to that, your approachability and the warmth. And I feel that you very much present yourself as a collaborator in, in, in many ways. Uh, he, what's something most of us don't know about your school? Well, what's funny is that JFK immediately is related to the United States. And uh, what's curious is that JFK has nothing to do with the U.S. Uh, not that we don't want to, but it's uh, just a name. And uh, the, the big question everybody uh, makes is also, why is it called JFK? Uh, JFK was very famous 50 years ago when the school was founded. It was a, I would say, a, a, a great person that uh, gave a good example in the world. And the school was looking for an international uh, name that would be in honor of somebody who was, did well for the world. And 
they named it under JFK, but the person who named it, it was really a Canadian person who founded the school. So nothing to do with the US. Uh, as an anecdote, I always uh, say that it's already always funny because of course JFK is now not as known for our young generation. And many of them just ask me, why is it called like the airport? You know, so it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, That's but what JFK, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you addressed it because I have been asked this question many times before. So thanks for clarifying it for our listeners. Anhi, what three words would you use to describe your school? It, you, yeah, you say three words. I, I would ask just for one more and it would give me really the, the real essence of the school, which is small school, big heart. That's four words. And that defines perfectly the school. You know, our school is a small school with uh, only 100 students and very small structure, uh, but it gives all the big heart uh, back. And that is where everybody feels, and that's what we, if we want everybody to feel, is uh, keeping it small makes us have a very personalized attention, very close attention, get to know everybody. Everybody knows everybody, and, and that makes like a little family. It's, it's, it's really nice. And I remember you shared with me when I visited the school that it was actually a student who came up with the motto, wasn't it? Exactly. There, there was a teacher who, who gave the, a, a class uh, an exercise, uh, described the school in one or two lines, and the student brought the, the just the four words, small school, big heart. Ah, that makes it all the more special. And speaking of students, do any memorable ones come to mind? Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I had a student when uh, he came to school, I would say he was almost wild, you know, it was a very difficult to manage. The mother was desperate because she didn't know what to do to the boy. Uh, to tell you, I when we when I interviewed the boy, I had to lock the door because the, door, the boy would ran, run out of the, the, the office. While I locked the door, he managed to unplug my computer to do all kinds of different things that I would say that's why I call, would call him a little bit wild. And the mother said, can you take him? And I said, well, it was a big challenge. You know, we, should we take him in a boarding house, somebody who is such in a, such a state? And we said, yeah, let's take the, 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 I think the boy what needs is a structure and love and care. And uh, we can give him that. Maybe the mother in that time did not have time. The mother was a very famous uh, singer. And I imagine she had a lot of, uh, uh, she was very absent maybe. And the boy needed more care and love. And, we gave him all that and we followed and very closely and slowly the boy uh, became a normal boy and, and with all the what he needed. And I'm really happy now. I follow him still and he's a very successful entrepreneur working professionally with audiovisual in the audiovisual world. And uh, yeah. I love hearing the stories of when the schools give a chance to students who at the time didn't feel like the or didn't look like the ideal candidates. Yeah, I think that is important and, and and this is one of many examples because, again, having a very close attention to the children and being able to, to give them all the care and love that they need, it's uh, really that that's the only secret. Anhi, JFK has been around now for around 50 years? Yeah, 50 years. We celebrated our 50th anniversary last year, so that means we're in, already into the 50th, well, first um, but yeah, I think it's uh, it's nice to have that little history and and tradition. I think that the most important part of 
of managing a school who that has a little bit of history or a lot of history is to keep that history present. You know, history teaches us. Uh, it's always like going backwards, uh, looking backwards, but going forwards. What's that I mean? And it is really important that the tradition maintains and how to how to keep going uh, with what people know and what uh, the school has given uh, previously. Yeah. In your view, is it possible to innovate without compromising on tradition? Yes, of course. Of course, innovation is just going forward and and listening to the evolution of the education and listening to the to the students and to the alumni. We have a lot of alumni who come back and and remember all these things. We have alumni coming into the boarding house and they do a, a deep breath. They say, oh, it still smells like when I was here. So even the, <laughs> the smell is there. Uh, so you need to know how to listen to the students, to the alumni, to the parents, because a lot of parents, of course, are expecting that tradition and that history that continues. Yeah, absolutely. And the school has a difficult task, which is to prepare students for a world that will be much different from what we know today. What does that process look like? Well, we try to keep up with the changes in education. I think that is important and in, in, in the changes in the world. I would say it's not taking any of the country uh, always or major countries as reference, but try to see it around and we try to predict the future in a way to use the, the latest technologies and keep developing the curriculum. Uh, for us, that's a secret. Uh, the, the curriculum is something that has to evolve and it's not something that it's written in a paper and we follow the curriculum. So we really work on moving and uh, adapting and developing we do a lot of also professional development with our staff, and that updates them a lot with also what's happening in the world. That's great. And in speaking of adapting and evolving, what's the best problem to be solving in 2023, in your opinion? Uh, I would say it's a chat GPT, <laughs> the problem. <laughs> Not a real problem. I think it's just how to deal with it and how we can integrate it. We are very open to use ChatGPT, uh, but the idea is to be able to use it as a tool and not as a result. And I think it is a good way to, stu to study. Of course, it's the same thing when Google came out, when the calculator came out, everybody says everything is going to be ready and what are we going to do? And we have evolved with it. So ChatGPT will be a little bit that and we're really following very closely all this and trying to, to teach uh, with ChatGPT and use it as a tool. Exactly. And I think it's all going to be about finding the ways to use it as a supplement and not as a substitute. Exactly. Uh, he, kids are quote unquote molded during their formative years in school and they certainly leave transformed. In which aspects do you feel that JFK contributes the most? I would say this, the fact that uh, it is a small school, it's a little family and they, they have the family atmosphere, this gives them a lot of trust on themselves, uh, a lot of self-esteem. We push a lot to, be, to form well-rounded students and having students that are not only very academic, uh, of course the school, the purpose of any school is being academic, but also 
being healthy and doing a lot of sports, a lot of hikes. And also, of course, the social aspect for us is also very important where they learn how to deal with issues, how to uh, manage themselves and how to um, be, uh, I would say, good citizens. And I do want to mention something because I've interviewed alumni from JFK before on previous seasons of this podcast. And even though we're mentioning that the school was small and only 100 students, he did share that it's incredibly diverse. How many nationalities do you have represented these days at the school? Yeah, we were, we're like, like I said, we are 100 students and in in right now we have 25 different nationalities. And it's always hard to say how many nationalities because now we have students that are two nationalities. The father is from one country, the mother is from another country, and they were born in another country. So they themselves sometimes don't even know where they come from. I think it's very hard to find a boarding student who only has one nationality, as a matter of fact. And it's the same with the languages. Most of the students speak one, two, three or four languages very, very easily. Absolutely. Anhi, what's the future of education? Do you envision traditional classrooms to still exist in the future? Yes. For me, the human side is of a school is essential. Uh, I think that we need people to to, to teach people and, uh, and all the rest are all tools. We cannot think of education without people in between. I, uh, in any case, that's what I think. The technology will always be a tool and will not replace uh, any teacher. Uh, it is it's a way to learn and and we only uh, we not only learn in school but we learn with all the so- social environment that the school gives and and how we can deal with all the relationships in good and bad because everything that we live and we solve is part of the learning absolutely he what does success mean in your role Success is, for me in my deep heart, is seeing a boy or a girl or a student that comes in with no English, very shy, very quiet, and and uh, and seeing three, four years after him leaving, speaking fluent English, leading a group of students, feeling comfortable speaking in public. All this is, for me, it pays everything in all the efforts that we do for, in education. That's very rewarding, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he, we're already at the very end of the podcast. And before we let you go, we wanted to ask you, do you have any final message or advice for parents and students who are considering joining JFK? Well, I, I would say in general, uh, anybody who's looking for a school, look for the right school for your child. Not every school is for every child. And visit the school. Go to see the school and get the look and feel of the, of the school. This is very important. Not only the child has to be comfortable in the school, but also the parents have to be comfortable with the school. And many times the first impression is really important. Make sure your child will be happy in school and the rest will come. You know, it's everything else is, comes along. Uh, they they get to learn, they get to have fun, they get to do everything they need, but they need to be happy to start with. So for us, that's essential, and that's what also JFK looks for in a child. Uh, look for a school where this, where this child will be well-rounded. This is what now uh, the universities are looking for. It's not only a top A student, but also students that have uh, many other qualities, and this is what we're I would say, creating and 
and hand it into the next uh, uh, school or next university that they are going to make. So they have to be capable of public speaking, being positive, energetic, sportive, and happy. Wonderful. And he, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast this morning. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carla. It was always nice to, to, to talk to you. And I hope that uh, people take a little bit the message that it's all behind this uh, podcast. If any of our students or parents wish to continue this conversation, can they find you on LinkedIn? No, unfortunately, I'm not on LinkedIn. I'm not a very uh, good LinkedIn follower. Uh, we are in, uh, in Instagram and Facebook. And of course, uh, they can always contact me through the website, which has several uh, places where they can ask for contact or information. Excellent. And if anyone else has any questions about anything else they heard on the podcast today, feel free to contact me at Carla at SwissLearning.com. Thanks for listening and until next time.